0: Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you've been speaking to Anthea about in the last few weeks as she's prepared herself for this morning and uh, just know how much that you want to communicate to us um, through what Anthe is going to share and just want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you know, her words will be your words and that you will take them uh, and you will do with them so much more than we could ever imagine because... Uh, They're your words and they have the life of your spirit and they're here to encourage us and to help us grow but also to challenge us to go deeper with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. Am I in camera shot? Yeah. Hi, Zoom. So, good morning. I'm going to have to put my glasses on so I can see what I've written here. Um, It's good, isn't it? It's been good this morning already. And the Holy Spirit's been doing something deep in us. And I love the way that the Holy Spirit goes to deep. And all we have to do is say yes, and Holy Spirit will come. It won't come uninvited. It's very polite. But if we say yes, yes, please, Lord, Holy Spirit comes and will work deeply. And I love that. I particularly love it because as a therapist, as like a psychotherapist, it can take months to get to a deep place with somebody. And the Holy Spirit can just do it just like that, sometimes. Um, So, it's good to see so many of you here. The room's filled up a little bit more than uh, when we first started, when I felt like there was about 20 people, but uh, there's a few more of us here now, and well done for being here in the the depths of August, when everybody's disappeared off. Uh, And thank you also for Tina, for stepping in and leading worship. We thought we were going to have YouTube, but we didn't. We had Tina, which is so much better. And thank you also to all of you that help and help set up. And some of you do that in a prominent way and some of you do that in a hidden way. But we know, we know who you are and we are so thankful. So thank you for that too. So uh, so I'm finishing really our current teaching series which has been around 1 Thessalonians and also this, this brilliant book, Be Still. I've still got one or two copies. So if, if anybody would like a copy before they leave, I have it here. And I'm thinking about the chapter in the book that's called Hidden Life. It's a short chapter, and uh, as does every chapter in this book, it contains some real nuggets of wisdom. Read it or read it again. And it's also one of the chapters that's covered in the 24-7 prayer series, on the online series, which uh, Brian Heasley has done. There are six sessions, and he comes along, he talks about the chapter, then he gathers a group of people together, and they sort of discuss it together, and there are maybe some questions and things as well. So it's a brilliant small group resource, or just one or two of you, or even on your own resource. So I recommend that. I'm not, I'm not on commission for 24-7. <laughs> Or Brian, he's his PA, (laughs) but I am on commission for Jesus, and uh, this stuff is all really good and really helps us grow, doesn't it? So I've been referencing or or, or sort of thinking about three scriptures as I've been praying and planning. I thought I'd just read them out to us. It's, It's good just to be read scripture, isn't it, and just to sort of soak in that. So I'll read that over you as we begin. One of them we've already used this morning is Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3. You have been raised to life with Christ. Now set your heart on what is in heaven, where Christ rules at God's right side. Think about what is up there and not what is here on earth. You died, which means that your life is hidden with Christ who sits beside God. Or the Passion Translation puts it really nicely. Your true life is hidden away with Christ in God. I love that. You're hidden away with Christ in God. Wonderful, mystical sense of being hidden with Christ and 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1 says this finally my dear friends since you belong to the Lord Jesus we beg and urge you to live as we taught you then you will please God you are already living that way but try even harder and then 1 Timothy 4 verse 10 says we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of everyone But especially those who have faith, and that's why we work and struggle so hard. Or that that phrase, for this we toil and struggle, comes from there. So, uh, we love you lot, Paul and I. We know that you know that, but it's important to say it, I think. And uh, we wanted to say, or I wanted to say this morning, well done. Just well done. I was walking and praying the other day and I became overwhelmed with God the divine saying over and over to me, well done, well done Anthea, well done and even on my own in the woods this began in my British way to feel a bit much, you know when you're like yeah thank you, thank you, move along now, move along now. but the Holy Spirit kept me in that space and place saying well done well done until finally I began to receive Christ's affirmation on a deeper level so and I just simply believe God's saying that to you all this morning to you guys on zoom to anybody listening to this on catch up to all of us here this morning well done well done And I love spending time with you all, having a coffee, maybe going for a walk, talk. Brackets, don't feel left out. If you think I don't get to go for a walk with Anthea, the Holy Spirit may be saying, maybe you should give her a call, or Paul. And it's often in passing that I pick up hints of your hidden lives. It's often just mentions in passing of prayer times, people you pray for, things God has said, and it encourages me hugely. Well done. And I notice also on the River Family Chat, that's our amazing uh, family WhatsApp community group. How faithful you are in prayer, how compassionate toward each other and those around you in prayer and in actions. And Christ says, well done, as do we, your leaders. And I could just finish there today, but I did feel God was saying a little bit more. I want to encourage you, you're doing so well and Keep on keeping on. And hear the and. If you've inserted a but or a should or a could do better, that's not God speaking. And. You know, I loved what um, Sandra posted on the family chat from Lectio 365 this week. It said this, The needs of the world are overwhelming, but just because I can't do everything, that isn't a reason to do nothing. I noticed that Jesus doesn't ask his disciples to be magnanimous towards all humanity, but to welcome one child in his name. Who might that person be? And we've had some wonderful examples already this morning in the sharing of people doing just that. But it, what interested me uh, was that earlier on in that Lectio, it reflected on hidden life actions. Those things we do because we are in Christ and no one else sees them. And in this book, Brian Heasley asks a good question. He says, how well do we cope with the concept of hiddenness? Hiddenness, that space and time we spend on our own with God. And sometimes it's things we do that people don't know it was us, but we do them anyway. Now, as you'll no doubt have spotted, this whole book is about the quiet time. It's about as... Brian Easy talks about finding your chair, your space where you sit with God each day. Spiritual disciplines, if you like. Holy habits. And we keep mentioning them, don't we, Paul and I, again and again when we pop up, we mention spiritual disciplines. And you might say, yeah, 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 we know all this. We know this stuff. We do pray. We do take our time with God. We do read our Bibles, yada, yada, yada. And I want to say ever so gently, you're not finished yet that there is so much more to be learned and found in our secret place with god paul says this several times in his letter, in his letter to the beloved thessalonians he loves them you can tell by the way he writes to them how, how important they are to him how precious they are and he says this finally my dear friends since you belong to the lord we beg and urge you to live as we taught you then you will please god you are already living that way Try even harder. He says but, but I say and. And try even harder. So my word to you this morning, my beloved Marlovians, you are already living that way and try even harder. But we're restless creatures, aren't we? We know we need to spend time in the hidden place, but we also find it hard. Uh, I, I don't think that's just me. We long for God and yet we rush off too quickly, too often. As Keith, what he shared so powerfully earlier, you know, when do we actually spend time praying and praying and praying and, and staying with something? And I think that's partly because we live in this sort of instant gratification and acquisition. Oh, I can't say the word acquisition society. To pray, to be, to settle in the hidden place, it does take practice, discipline consistency and it's all about our ongoing journey and relationship. It's all about our spiritual transformation which is always for others, not ourselves. None of this is just for us, it's always for others. Robert Mulholland Jr., who's a a great spiritual writer, has written extensively about spiritual transformation and he says... Wherever there is something in our life that is not conformed to the image of Christ, there is a place where we are incapable of being all God wants us to be with others. A place where our life with others is hindered and limited and restricted in its effectiveness and in its fullness. A place where our life will tend to become disruptive and even destructive to others. We can never be all God wants us to be with others as long as that point of unlikeness to the image of Christ exists within us. So this is why Christ wants to constantly transform us so that we can be Christ to others in every part of who we are. And as Sandra's example said, one by one. But you see, it comes from the hidden place. I can only give out from what I've received Psalm 84, I won't read it to you, but you can can read of the sort of deep longings of the psalmist longing for the Lord. So God is saying, well done, well done, and spend more time with me. I want to keep transforming you in that hidden soul space where you long for me. Also in this chapter, Brian Heasley comes up with what I think is a really brilliant concept. He talks about from prominence to hiddenness. And he draws on the story of the prophet Elijah. And basically you can you can go and read the longer version for yourselves. Elijah, a prophet, pops up seemingly out of nowhere. There's no backstory. We don't really know where he's come from. But suddenly he's in the king's court in a place of prominence. And he delivers to King Ahab a very significant word. He says, there will be no rain until I say so. Which actually was pretty offensive to King Ahab who worshipped Baal, who was supposed to be the god of rain. And it stops raining. And there is no rain. But immediately, God instructs Elijah to hide himself. And quickly, Elijah then moves from this place of prominence to a place of hiddenness. And then in this place of hiddenness, he experiences God's supernatural provision. You can read it all. It's it's quite amazing. It's a solitary place, and it's where he has to be utterly helpless and totally reliant on God. And he waits for three years before God asks him to return and announce that it will rain. Three years? I bet that wasn't very easy. But as Brian says, Elijah went from speaking the word of God to learning to live the word of God. And would he have struggled with a desire to be recognized, to be acknowledged? Do we? Did he want to be? Oh, look, there goes that prophet, the one who said it wouldn't rain. It hasn't rained. Ooh, look at it. Do we want that? I don't know. I do. I want to be acknowledged. I, and, and the thing, places where we want to be acknowledged are usually the places of struggle that God wants to work, work with us on. Or, conversely, did he worry he wouldn't be able to return from a hidden place? Would he worry about that? Some of us perhaps have found it much harder to come out of lockdown, where we got quite hidden, and back into the world So in spiritual transformation, in our hidden place, we learn about God and our self. God ever desiring us to put aside ego and false self to become our true self. How's your ego? How's your ego, Paul? Well, I can only give examples from my own stuff. My ego is pretty active. So I'll give you my internal in dialogue while I was preparing this talk. Here's how it went. I want to do well. I want people to think I'm a good speaker and know that I do know what I'm talking about. But I do worry I might sound silly and vague. At worst, rubbish. At best, mediocre. I am not as good as Al or Nigel, anyone called Nigel, or Paul. And people will compare. I certainly am. Well, they think I'm not biblical enough, deep enough. Is it just a pep pep talk? Blah, 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 blah. On it goes if I give space to it. And as you can hear, and I don't think it's just me, is it? I'm just kind of bringing it out and getting in touch with it. There are a lot of eyes in that internal monologue, which is ego. And it's not true self stuff, it's false self stuff. So these are the parts of me that I am with God working on in my hidden place. And I'll take them there, and I'll be honest, and I'll be there. It says in the book that hiddenness is predominantly an internal battle, and some of us find it easier than others. I think that's very true. As Greg Boyd puts it rather well, it's about praying into the gap, about that where we are now and where God knows we can be, and there's a bit of a gap. We're not major prophets like Elijah. Um, Well, some of us are, are, are rather wonderful prophets like Al, but no, we're not all major prophets, and not all of us have public platforms of prominence, but I would say we do all have places of prominence. And where are your places of prominence? And are they resourced from your place of hiddenness? So if I've been leading or speaking on a Sunday, I normally have quite a quiet Monday about self-resourcing. And in the week leading up to speaking, I've normally spent quite a lot of time with God because I need to. And Jesus, in his life, had 30 years of hiddenness and three in view. We don't know what went on in those 30 years, but we know what went on in the three. And we do know that in those three years, we're clearly shown how he balanced his public and hidden life really well. Do we? I'm guessing we yes and no. Time in the hidden place is essential and soul changing. And I would say that most of us have no idea how spiritually hungry we really are until you begin to spend more and more time there and you realize how hungry you are and how reluctant I sometimes feel to actually leave that place and go somewhere else once I've actually settled into it. And uh, believe you me, I will sit down with my cup of tea and then I'll jump up and then I'll sit down again and then I'll jump up and go and do something else and it can take me half an hour to settle and that might be the only half an hour I had that day. It's not easy, but we do work at it. Time in the Hidden Place restores and enables us to be different for others. And uh, Ruth Haley Barton, who's another one of my heroes in teachings of spiritual transformation, she writes, and it's entitled, A Shimmer of Something New. And she says, There is something about the process of having our emptiness filled in solitude that eventually enables us to engage with those around us on the basis of fullness rather than need. If we relax and trust God's initiative in this spiritual process, eventually something new begins to shimmer around the edges of our lives and relationships. I want that. Do you want that? But it isn't easy, is it? I I really do appreciate it isn't easy, because otherwise we'd just be getting on and doing it. But it does get tough sometimes, right? The reasons we're not sitting in our chair is because, to be honest, it's got a bit dull, Maybe it's got a bit dry. Maybe reading the Bible has actually got a bit boring. We can't actually hear God. It's all very well you saying that, Anthea, but it's not very easy for me. There's a line in one of my favorite Waterboys songs, and it it goes like this. I want to know why clouds come in between you and I. I won't play that song because there isn't time, and I think only Andy Reid is a fan, but I can can post it uh, on the chat if you like because it is about God. How we connect with God changes over the years, as do we. And it is easy to go on autopilot in our quiet times, just doing the same old things. Or it's easy just to give up on them because they have got difficult and dry. But I just this morning urge you not to do that. Change it up. Try a new way. Push in, don't push off. You might need to change the time. The place, the manner, you might need to learn and practice a broader away, array of spiritual disciplines, which is why we're giving you this book, why we keep going on about it, because there's, there's a massive array of things we can do. If you're always a worshipping and that somehow suddenly has become very dry, try being a reader of the word or a memoriser of scripture. And if you're a reader of scripture and suddenly it's like, oh, I can't do this at the moment, try walking and talking loudly to God in the field. I don't know, different things you'll find them. Brian Heasley quotes, the only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. You see, dry seasons do pass, and I know that they do. And something we talked about or we prayed about in our prayer meeting earlier this week, uh, I think it was Paul Darius was saying, when it's dry, roots have to push down much, much further to find the water and the sustenance so if you're finding yourself in a dry space, again, it's pushing in. Don't push off, push in. So to finish then, well done, well done. Keep on keeping on. Cultivate that hidden place you each have with God, the quiet times. And there you will be transformed and God's love will throw out, flow out through you onto others and work on your balance between prominence and hiddenness. And if things become dry, change it up. Push into it. Don't push away. I wanted to just end today with the prayer that's in the, right at the end of the book, Be Still. And I've just changed it slightly to make the language a bit more inclusive. But uh, this is the prayer that... Don't tell Brian that, Keith. This is the prayer that uh, Brian has written. So let's pray together now. May your chair be blessed with the presence of the divine. May your walk with God be a pleasure that sustains you. Let God's word feed you. God's world speak to you and the Holy Spirit fuel your imagination. Write of God's goodness, speak of God's love, kindness, practice gratitude, always trust. May, you, may your more be only for Christ and your less only to sin. Stop, look up and wonder at all you see. Live simply. Find God in hiddenness and hide God in you. Have the tenacity of perseverance. Fight. Find joy in giving. Pour yourself out. Live your life for others. Carry Christ's love to the lost, Christ's freedom to the captives, comfort to the broken, and healing to the sick. Get lost. In the depths of the Father's love, find yourself there. Enjoy the feast. Embrace the seasons. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Thank you.
1: Yeah, this is... um Well, it's called Hidden in Christ. This is my place of safety, a place for me to be where all pretense is laid aside and I can simply be. This is my place of wonder, where questions fill the air and go quietly unanswered because I know you're there. Because I know I'm hidden, the things that seem so key are suddenly insignificant. They have no hold on me. Where only he can see me, and I feel his smile on me. Invisible in Jesus is where I long to be. This is my place of resting when everything's been done. I love to hear you whispering, I love you, child. Well done. This is my place of pressing on through every open door, from from this place of deep contentment, I still press on for more.